You're listening to Traffic. This is Sadie. This is Jess. And this is the other Jess. Jess Haney. (laughs) (laughs) Friend Jess. (laughs) Today's really fun. Jess, co-host Jess, has her own episode today, guys. I do. She does. It's a big day. We are very proud. She has her own microphone. Fabulous. I'm excited to just listen. Yeah. That's fair. You usually do all of the work for these. So, but it was special guest Jess's suggestion. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you both about this dirtbag, Warren Jeffs. His names are straight up flipped. Warren just, Jeffs is weird. It should be flipped. You think it should be Jeffs Warren? Probably. That's Jeff like a, Warren. But there's mm-hmm. an S. That's a normal first name and last name. <laughs> Well, maybe not Jeff's Warren, but it shouldn't be Warren Jeff's. Or Jeff Warren's. Yes. There we go. So, Warren Jeff's. He was president of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for several years and is now being accused by a number of people for child sex abuse crimes. Okay. And so we're Mm going to kind of deep dive into his position in the church and how it gave him access to all of these children and the ways in which he abused and trafficked them as well. Okay. All right. I'm ready. All right. We're ready to dive in. I was going to start with a history lesson, if that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Because I don't want this to be confused confused with the Latter-day Saints Church, which is traditionally what you think about when you think about someone who's Mormon today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The split between LDS and FLDS kind of emerged in the early 20th century. Plural marriage or polygamy was part of the LDS Church until the 1890 Manifesto, which the church released not dissolving existing plural marriages, but kind of prohibiting them in the future. And okay. that was so Utah could achieve statehood. Oh, um, Utah was really okay. being targeted by the U.S. government through a bunch of bigamy laws that were passed in like the 50s and 60s and small marriage continued quietly and in small numbers still so Hmm. the church published the second manifesto again not dissolving existing formal marriages but outlawing them in the future okay so the current position of the LDS church is formal marriage is taught in a historical sense once every four years at adult Sunday school and their position is kind Hmm. of the Lord commanded some of the early saints to practice formal marriage they were challenged by this command but they obeyed it type thing. Okay. And the FLDS church believed that plural marriage was an eternal commandment. So they broke off. Oh, so they weren't down for the moving away from it. They were like, no, that's integrally part of who we are. Mm -hmm. Was the plural marriage. Gotcha. Is this the first time there was the split? Yes. Before that, the LDS church really supported and encouraged plural marriages as part of their fundamentals as well. So the FLDS church specifically was at one time estimated to have anywhere from 6,000 to 10,000 members before all of the war and death scandals went down. They resided in various communities in Utah, Arizona, Texas, Colorado, South Dakota, and the British Columbia. And today, there are still developing communities in Mexico and oh, wow. Boise City, Oklahoma. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Interesting. That is really interesting. It's over in the panhandle, but well, still, we get to claim it. We don't, we don't <laughs> claim the panhandle. She said, uh, uh, we don't really say. claim them as much. I've never been out there. It is kind of different. Everyone's always like, oh, but the panhandle. The panhandle. <laughs> While Warren Jeffs was technically president of all of these sects of the LDS church, mainly his crimes occurred at the Salt Lake City compound, the Short Creek compound, and the El Dorado compounds, where members of the church resided in homes owned by what's called the United Effort Plan, hmm. which was the church. It's also a trust. That's how they got away with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's a trust. And mm-hmm. to be a member of the trust, you have to give real or personal property, which will be redistributed to members as needed. Right. And so it's... <laughs> So probably in a war in Jeffs. Yeah. yeah. It's a ton of land and a ton of money. 
2020, members of the FLDS Church have been designated a cult and an extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Hmm. Men wear button downs and long pants. Women wear prairie dresses and don't cut their hair as they believe that in heaven, they will use their hair to wash their husband's feet. And because incest is so rampant within these families, you're gonna hear a lot of the last names at the same time. And this is one of the reasons that within the church, a child born with a birth defect is seen as having been especially blessed by God. What are you talking about? Yeah, so if a child who's been born with a birth defect because incest is because so incest. rampant. But oh, it's, it's very common that a child will be born with a birth defect right. because of the incest. I got you. The church has really spun it as this is a blessing. This child is especially blessed by God, is very special to God. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you clarified. Thank you for doing mm-hmm. that because that's an interesting thing that I don't think. I don't know. I have family that's Mormon. I know that they don't practice polygamy, but right. I don't know. No, I think um, there is a misrepresentation of the church. Kind of like we conglomerate Mormons as one sect of right. a religion. And I personally have really never taken the time to differentiate between within the church and within mm-hmm. the like original doctrine. But I think that's just an uneducated opinion. So I really appreciate Me this too. Extra. It's been really nice to have. Yeah. Them. And even though it's so small and it is such a small sect compared to the Latter-day Saints sure. church, it's actually kind of surprisingly powerful and involved. Hmm. They often encourage educated members to get involved with certain industries like engineering or selling machinery. U.S. government actually paid over $1.7 trillion in defense contracts with FLDS members between 1998 and 2007, mainly for like airplane components. And it's estimated that at least tens of thousands of dollars of this money ended up directly with Jeff's and the (gasps) FLDS church. Wow. What? That's insane. It's crazy. The ranch really came into public eye kind of after Warren Jeff's arrests, but during his trial. In 2008, Texas authorities conducted a raid at the El Dorado compound and took legal custody of 416 children. Oh my God. About a week before, there was a phone call alleging physical and sexual abuse on the ranch. And this caller was like, I'm a 16-year-old girl married to a 50-year-old man. And at age 15, I'd given birth to his child. The calls were ultimately traced to a 33-year-old woman named Rosita Swinton. She's no connection to the FLDS church. What? And she's known for repeated instances of filing false reports. Well, in this case, in this case, it was though, cool. she nailed it. She nailed it. But good to mention, though. Because she was not related to the church and she lied about who she was, the women and the children who were suspected of being minors were returned because Texas courts basically said the state didn't have enough evidence to have removed them. Oh. And a lot of the children were not even returned to their parents. They were just returned to the compound. Just kind of setting up the view of secrecy. Right. I think it's really had to stand back for that to happen. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to recognize that, especially in a culture of, oh, false claims happen Mm -hmm. and false claims are a reality. They are the minority and it doesn't take away from any of the very true allegations and traumas that victims experience. And so I think it just lends credibility at the end of the day to people who really are victimized and people who have to live with the reality of these circumstances. And so like, yes, she nailed it straight on the head. Yeah. But it is really sad that the government and the people in charge who could have protected these kids didn't continue to look into it. They were like, oh, this was a false claim. Clicking off the box. We're going to move on. We're going to return the children. It's actually not the only instance of that oh, with the FLDS church. So they're commonly targeted almost as well? Not of the false report. Okay, of authorities going in and basically being 
saying like they passed a home check. Oh, yeah. Or awesome. there's not enough evidence is a big one. Okay, but think of how many podcast episodes right. have had home checks mm-hmm. and quote unquote not enough evidence. That's true. You're right. So, all right. You're right. All right. You guys ready for this dirt bag? Whew, I'm ready. Really, but yeah. Warren Steve Jeffs was born December 3rd, 1955. Sagittarius. <laughs> Saw that fucking coming. <laughs> we all did. Oh. In Sacramento, California. But he grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hmm. When he was 20 years old, he became the principal of Alta Academy, which is an FDLS private school. And he was known for being a stickler for the rules and for discipline. So as soon as he's old enough to be in control of children, he's already in a position where he's in control of children. Hmm. He was counselor to the church leader, which was his father, Rulon Jeffs, until Rulon's death in 2002. His father was the FLDS president for 16 years. Some reports say he was survived by like 19 to 20 wives. Some former members of the church claim that he had as many as 75 wives. Oh. All reports estimate that he had about 60 to 65 children. 33 of them were sons. So Rulon suffered a series of strokes mm. during his presidency. And after this, Jeff's role as mouthpiece for his father really is what started to come into play. And it's how he began gaining power and kind of setting up the dominoes for him to be president next. Yeah. He would decide which meetings his father would take. He had several revelations that he convinced his father and the congregation of, which included Y2K and the world ending in 2000. And really, what a time. What a time. Honestly, though. What a time. And he really began playing a large role in the assigning of marriages. We'll get into a little bit later. The compound moved from Salt Lake City, Utah to Short Creek in 2002 at Jeff's insistence that the 2002 Olympics would bring the end of the world. This is pretty significant because Short Creek is completely isolated and it's partially in Utah and partially in Arizona. So you can cross the street and enter a different precinct. Oh, okay. Yeah. So jurisdictionally, okay. I bet that was hard yeah. slash smart. Exactly. Creepy. He thought through this. Yeah, a little bit. After his father's death, he took on the role of leading the FLDS church officially as president and prophet, seer, and revelator. Seer? Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. And president of the priesthood. Under Jeff's, the lives of FLDS members became a lot more restricted. TVs and basketball hoops were removed from the compound. Toys and games were forbidden. He instituted a much stricter dress code, hmm. and he has been referred to as, quote, the dress code cop. <laughs> so he would bring girls into his office for a breaking dress code nope. and close the door. Nope. No, he did not. And this happened often. And several of those women and their family members have said that that's when a lot of his sexual abuse occurred. Oh my god. Mm. One of the first things he did when his father died was instructed all members of the church to stay away from his father's wives and instructed the widows to live as if Rulon was still alive. Mm. Within a week of this, he had married all but two of his father's <gasps> wives. Holy shit. One, named Rebecca Mooser, refused to marry Jeffs, fled the compound. Wow. She was 19 when she was forced to marry Rulon at 85. And she's acted as a witness at Jeffs' subsequent trials. Wow. One of the other wives refused to marry Jeffs and therefore was banned from ever marrying again. What? And of course, this was done by Jeffs, as at this point, he was the only individual within the FLDS church able to perform marriages or assign marriages. So not only do they believe in plural marriages or polygamy, but they also believe in placement marriages. Hmm. So Jeffs would assign wives to husbands, which he claimed came to him via revelations from God. He also had the authority to discipline male church members by reassigning their wives, children, and homes to another man. All right, so we're treating women as property. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Moved around from man to man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
uh, Jeff's taught that plural marriages is a requirement for men to get into heaven. Specifically, they needed at least three, but the more wives you had, the closer you were to heaven. Ultimately, it is estimated that before his arrest, Jeff stimulated upward of 70 wives, with some former members speculating up to 87, <gasps> and some of whom were as young as 12 years old. Holy shit. Oh yeah. my God. He is also known for prescribing Prozac to most of the women in Short Creek because of their severe anxiety and depression. Is he a doctor? He would find a doctor who could get them Prozac, but he said, you need this Prozac. Okay. And so they took it because he was their prophet. Cool. <laughs> At least two of Jeff's nephews, two of his children, one full sister through her husband, and countless women, boys, and girls have claimed that he sexually abused them. Mm. His daughter, Rebecca Japs, actually published a book on his sexual abuse, and she is not the only one. His daughter? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, in 2004, Jeffs was charged with sexual assault on a minor and conspiracy to commit sexual misconduct with a minor. He immediately fled, ultimately ended up on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list with a reward of $100,000. Oh my gosh. His brother, Seth, served three years of supervised probation for harboring and aiding a fugitive, wow. which was Warren. A Pueblo County Sheriff's deputy stopped Seth on Interstate 25 in October of 2005 and in his car found over $142,000, cell phones, credit cards, a donation jar that read pennies for the profit and letters <laughs> addressed to Warren. Jess was finally arrested for these charges on August 21st, 2006 by a Nevada state trooper. He was traveling in a 2007 red Cadillac Escalade and reportedly at the time he was pulled over for having a temporary license plate, refused to look the cop in the eye, was eating a salad and refused to provide registration. With him, was $67,000 in cash, 14 mobile phones, three iPods, laptops, a police scanner, a stack of credit cards, two GPSs, several knives, and two female wigs, one blonde and one brunette. Holy shit. He had a whole system he going did. on in that little car. Also That's... in the car were his brother Isaac and Naomi Jessup, who was 18 years Jeff's junior, one of the first of Rulon's widows to marry Jeff's and his closest wife and confidant. Mm. Upon his arrest, he confessed to many people and on camera that he was, quote, not the prophet. But then he would go back and tell others that this was the devil talking through him. What the hell? And his followers totally bought into it. They still believe he was the prophet they would defend him saying he was drugged or that people had hired a stunt double to confess for him awesome after years of trials and countless witness testimonies he was ultimately sentenced to life plus 20 years for child sexual assault in jail he has not been any less fun for any of us <laughs> he attempted suicide by hanging in jail in 2007 yeah. on july 9th 2008 he was moved about 100 miles and out of state to nevada for unspecified serious medical problems to be treated who knows huh. Throughout his time in jail, he's engaged in extended hunger strikes that he claimed to be spiritual in nature. Of course. This has led both to a judge ordering him to be force-fed in 2009 and to him being hospitalized in a medically induced coma in 2011 after excessive starvation. Wow. Kind of going back to him saying that he was not the prophet, but also saying he was the prophet. Yeah. So he formally resigned as president of the FLDS church in November of 2007. The statement he released did not address if he was the prophet or not so a lot of people in the FLDS community still regard him as the prophet and their current leader. Is there a current prophet? Do they or need do a prophet? Know the is that part of the president and prophet is kind of the oh, okay, role. Okay. So if you're president you're the prophet hmm, okay. and God will speak through you. Interesting. That is interesting. There's also reports that Jeffs admitted that he was no longer president or prophet and declared that William Jessup who last name we can assume is related to his wife Naomi 
mm-hmm. um, has been the prophet since his father's passing. But now his attorneys are claiming that he misspoke. And in early 2011, he retook legal control of the denomination. Morin did? From prison. Oh, that's interesting. The attorneys got involved on that one. Yeah. They actually got sued in 2019, the attorneys. Oh, really? For basically constructing through a trust and intimidating people through what appeared to be upholding of the law, like a situation in which they completely knowingly allowed him to continue molesting and raping children. It's awesome. This is why I shouldn't do research by myself. Yes, you should. You're doing no, amazing. I think Please you're doing going. an absolutely amazing, amazing job and you're yeah. adding very important you are. and intricate details that are 100% necessary. He again predicted that the world would end in 2012 and convinced many of his followers this. And while incarcerated, Jeffs wrote a book titled Jesus Christ's Message to All Nations, which includes several <laughs> directives to free him from jail. Well, I mean, that's what Jesus wants. If I could write a book about what God told me from a prison cell. Yeah, I would probably add, release me as well. (laughs) Release me to an island of minors, unsupervised, please. That's what God asked. Specifically minors. Specifically minors. What God asked. Don't worry about my wives. Irrelevant. All nearly a hundred of them. Yeah. What's the point in having wives if you can't get to the double digits, though? You're right. Go big or go home. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, and the majority of your life is going to not be a minor, so... Yeah, you gotta. That's just a little side note for all this creepy. Well, if God tells you to marry a twelve-year-old, you have to, right? It's well, just, absolutely. What do you do after That's she's a divine human? age? It's a very <laughs> special, small segment <laughs> of the a population. Lot of people meet their soulmates. Oh, God. Now I'm gonna kind of get into some of the survivors of Jeff's abuse. So Brent Jeffs was the first person to file sexual assault charges against Warren in July of 2004. He alleged molestation in different hallways and bathrooms, mm. as well as anal rape in the Salt Lake City compound in the late 1980s. Oh my God. Can I just say one thing about it being a male victim coming forward? Mm-hmm. Every victim that comes forward is brave and deserving of each and every ounce of belief and to hear their story. But male victims, I feel like, still aren't given this chance. And so the fact that he was the first. It is really telling. That's yeah. really cool. Is really something incredible about the absolute courageous and personhood of this individual that mm-hmm. was willing to come forward, not only to protect himself, but to try to potentially start a movement. Start a movement and protect every other person that would come after him. So, like, down. kudos to him, kudos to every victim that comes forward. Mm-hmm. But I do think that males deserve a certain shout out. Absolutely. Especially when they're the first. Yes. Yeah. So, I agree. Way to go. You're brave. You are heard. We see you. Well said. Don't apologize. That's awesome. That was awesome. Brett recalls, quote, when I was a little boy around five or six, just attending a regular Mm. Sunday school, even when my grandfather was the prophet at the time, behind closed doors, Warren was sneaking me around behind and would come down and escort me down the hall and into the bathroom and molest me as a kid. Threatening me with eternal damnation if I did not do exactly what he said. Brent said he didn't complain because he, quote, was going to be in trouble. I thought I'd burn in hell for saying something. That's why I kept it a secret. Oh my god. Brent was later involved with a group of boys and young men who became known as the Lost Boys. Mm. Who sued Jeffs and the Trust over their evictions from the compound. Good. Because they were evicted for knowing that Jeffs was a child molester and a retaliatory. Yeah, absolutely. Jeffs failed to answer the lawsuit. And so in 2005, Utah seized the UEP Trust. It was um, a 12B6 motion to dismiss. 12B6 motion dismiss. God, you love a 12B6. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It's like our whole lives right now. It's ridiculous. Gosh, you know I love it. It's an extra detail. I 
this relates. <laughs> She's like, no, please don't. Lost Boys subsequently became the name of Brett's book about his abuse, mm. which recounts several incidences of child sex abuse inflicted on him by Warren, his brothers, and other oh, wow. family members when Brent was five to six years old. That's horrifying. Brent's brother, Clean, also accused Jeffs of child sexual assault, and after he went public with this claim, he committed suicide. Mm. Oh, that hits different. Yeah. This is a really bummer episode, and I apologize. It's a bummer. I think it also is just so illustrative of how, I guess, damning this entire experience was, not only for the children involved, mm-hmm. but particularly for those men and boys who yeah. can't find a place yeah. as a survivor and an adult in a world where just just said it really is honed to just now listen to women mm-hmm. it's still this competition of who's more disenfranchised but i hate it i always think it's a terrible time and a moment that deserves to be taken when a survivor kills himself because mm-hmm. they can't find stamina to keep living in a world where their abusers are allowed to continue hurting others yeah. or where there's anyone who says i don't think it happened to you like that maybe you don't yeah. understand not appropriate. I also think there's a whole nother level of all of that. Plus when the abuser is a person of power. Yes. Plus when the abuser is a person of power in a religious organization. It creates all of these because protections. religion isn't just the here and now for a lot of people. It's the entire afterlife. Mm-hmm. And right. when someone is pulling in, you have to do these things so that way your life is whatever right now. But for your life to continue in the unknown just adds a whole other element of intimidation you're of right of intimidation i don't know if you watched kidnapped in plain sight did you i did yeah it's been a little bit it's but. just i think people are so quick to say things like i can't believe that child believed aliens were real yeah that's the same thing as people in a religious capacity abusing children with the threat and guise of hell i think everyone should be upset when that is taken as leverage against a child for their silence because that diminishes your religion down to something like aliens mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying yeah. like i think i'm not even making a comment on religion i yeah. think they should rally yeah. up harder against people who use their religion that is valid to hurt others though specifically minors and to have the audacity to say god told me to hurt you but god we were all raised in church we were yeah yeah i remember absolutely so afraid of hell Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, completely I remember being terrified. terrified of being damned. Absolutely. As a kid. And, you know, I wasn't even, I was just worried about yelling at my parents. Like, I can't imagine having this horrible secret and thinking, yeah. if I tell someone this is happening, I'm going to yeah. hell forever. Yeah, exactly. And if it's an individual or two or three individuals being victimized, and then you add potentially hundreds of individuals being victimized, mm-hmm. and then there's this element of questioning if that happened to them and it happened to me or right any other time that you know it's not just you yeah i can't imagine wondering maybe it's justified and maybe it's okay like all of them are maybe doing fine on the surface and they're living life and they're still alive and right god hasn't struck them down with a lightning bolt just quite yet and then you're like well maybe i should be silent and maybe it will be okay and you compare yourself to this other example that you see but i think that just shows our society of how we compare to what we see and we don't look at the depth of an individual and the depths that the individual has gone through or their traumas or their joys or their excitements mm-hmm. and yeah i think religion adds a whole other element of this damn internal damnation is a very scary concept and when you Agreed. think you have a 
prophet in your presence. Someone oh, who yeah. talks mm-hmm. to God. It's yeah. completely different. Yeah. It's just, it's there's so many layers to it. It is. It is. So his June of 2005 charges in Mojave County, Arizona were for sexual assault on a minor and conspiracy to commit sexual assault with a minor. This was for his arrangement of a marriage between a 14-year-old girl and her 19-year-old first cousin. <sighs> Initially, she was called a Jane Doe or MJ, but she was later identified as Alyssa Wall, mm. who was forced to marry her cousin, Alan. Oh my God. So this was in 2001. So Rulon was technically still the president, but Jeffs was acting as his mouthpiece and arranging the marriages and telling his father kind of what to do. So it was at age 13 that Jeffs reassigned her mother to another husband. And she moved in with her mother and her new husband. Apparently there were so many kids in the house at that point that they literally had to eat in shifts. Oh my God. It was this year that she was informed by Jeffs that she had been chosen to be a wife. At the time, she begged both Rulon and Warren to either give her two more years mm. to give her time to prepare for marriage or to assign her to another husband. Rulon was purportedly sympathetic with her, but Jess was insistent. And so the marriage proceeded when she was 14 years old. Trigger warning. In the four years before she left him and the FLDS church, she was frequently raped, to which church leaders encouraged her to be submissive and, quote, keep sweet. By her cousin? Yes, cool. by her okay. husband and cousin. Yeah. And the keep sweet part is kind of particularly troublesome. It's something that Warren said frequently and in lots of recordings was that his followers should keep sweet, which we all know means keep your head down, shut up. Do what I say? Yeah. During this time, she also suffered four miscarriages and one stillborn child. Oh my God. I just can't even imagine the kind of stress she was experiencing every day and the additional guilt on top of the physical elements of being a survivor of repetitive rape. That's all I have for that. I just can't fucking fathom the agony she's still dealing with. It got to the point where she would sleep in her car to avoid going home. Within the church, was there an element of... Because obviously women were passed around and used as objects to be vessels of bearing children and marriage. Extension of property. And a way for the man to get into heaven if they had a lot of wives. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that there is an element of like having to give birth and having to have a child like prove yourself is that accurate or yeah basically women were taught your role in this church is to be a wife and a mother and that is the only way you will achieve heaven and the lds church also kind of emphasizes this as well that being a wife and mother is the ultimate goal but they also don't make it a thing where like if you aren't in a place where you've met a spouse or you don't have children or quote a woman is being forced into a career direct quote from a website on lds sermons (laughs) it's ironic to be worried about them getting forced into that of all things we draw the line at careers we draw the line (laughs) so if there's a delay it's not (laughs) we'll use your body but your career man can't have a brain no <laughs> we all know educated women do with their lives i Make just laugh because i'll cry if i don't same same You're so right. like the lds church very much emphasizes if you're not there yet or you never get there because of struggles in the world it's okay but that's your goal okay. FLDS church is like you're going to be a wife you're going to be a mother that is your purpose that is your only purpose awesome and if you're not doing it well you're doing something wrong you're not keeping sweet Fuck keeping sweet. Fuck keeping sweet. Fuck keeping sweet. So ultimately, Alyssa left the church 
because she met another former FLDS member. Oh. They fell hmm. in love. Ah. And she ran away. Good. And they have six her. divorced, but still oh. co-parent their two children, Tyler and Emily. Hmm. Since her original lawsuit, she's been awarded $18.7 million total in damages in cash and property from the UEP. Nice. As of 2017, in an interview, she planned to use the property she was awarded to supply affordable housing and jobs to the people of Short Creek because she felt they had to reclaim the area and that they'd suffered enough. That's beautiful. She also runs a punk and alternative baby clothing company called My Baby Rocks. <gasps> she does <laughs> not. Okay. She's a total badass. That's amazing. I'm in love with her too. I love that. I know. That is our most uplifting story. Today. I'm going to bring it back down. Okay. Right. All right. We needed to. We were too happy. Drink and then I'll be yeah, ready. for real. You're doing amazing. You're doing awesome. Absolutely. Don't lose any of it. You're Thank God Sadie Jane is here to edit me to sound to a point where I still hate everything I'm saying. Well, I hate everything I say too. I just. She's so good though. She's so good to us. She's so good. Okay. Janetta Jessup. Same last name as. I was going to say that's the same last name. And William Jessup. Yeah. But I couldn't find how they were related, but I assume they are. It's a hard thing to assume in this situation and context that they aren't. Yeah. That would be harder for me. Janetta was 16 when she married Warren and became either his 63rd or his 65th wife. Her 17 years old, quote, estranged older sister Suzanne Reed left the compound, called the police because Mm. she was afraid her little sister had been married off to Jeffs, who was 48 at the time. She and her parents passed a home check. She said she's fine, said Washington County Sheriff Kirk Smith. She looks like a typical 17-year-old girl from Colorado City. There were no red flags to our guys. Her parents were receptive and cooperative. She was subsequently interviewed and released to her mother the same day. Quote, the whole reason for doing the interview was to find out if she was a spiritual bride to Warren Jeffs. She was asked the question and she said no. Thanks for doing your job. She now explains that Jeff told her that if she told him the truth since she wasn't 18 yet, she'd be put in foster care and she wanted to stay with her family. That's fucked. Wait, wait, wait. His marriages, were they in theory all spiritual marriages? Yes. So he could have put her in foster care. Oh, shit. She was threatened by her husband and wanted to stay close to her family. And so she lied. It's completely understandable. It is. Completely. That's a different element. It is. We said that these things that she was threatened with were plausible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't even Mm -hmm. a far-fetched theory. People were getting evicted left and right for calling him a child molester, which he was. I mean, the state of Texas took 416 children off of a property on a hunch. Yeah. I don't think they should not have done that, but I don't think that it's unreasonable to believe she wouldn't be allowed back there. What's also disgusting, though, is they gave the kids back because it was a religious institution. They didn't have enough evidence because it was a false report. Right, but at no point in that time when you confiscated those kids, you saw nothing of probable cause and interviewed none of them to find That's anything. That's a lot of kids. You know what? That's a You're lot right. of kids and a lot of opportunity to find no evidence and give them back. Is all, all I'm right. saying from like a commentary. You're not wrong. Like I'd have some questions for the officers. We usually do have questions <laughs> for the officers. I'll say it. <laughs> Well, yeah. But no, I think that's exactly it. And I can't remember the exact dates on if this was before that or not. But the fact that it probably had to have been a spiritual marriage in order to get around the laws of the United States and the laws of the individual states. Right. She would have been faced with a very plausible, a very real, a very tangible fear. Right. And it's a lot closer than home. It is. And to have to choose between your family and lying to government 
government agency that really doesn't particularly care about you in your institution anyway. You choose trying to be close to your family. Of course you do. You pick the known fear over the unknown fear any day. Yeah. So after some time, she was finally able to escape the FLDS church. She served as a witness on several of Warren's trials and she worked closely with documentary Prophet's Prey. And that's where you can get a little bit more, a few more details about her story mm-hmm. specifically. So in 2017, more charges okay. were brought against Warren. And he's in prison at this point? He's in prison okay. at this point. Good. The woman is only identified as RH. Okay. And at some point was identified as 21 years old. Not sure if that's when she left or when she filed the complaint. Okay. Should have been a minor though when we're talking about it. I don't think she'd be going by her initials. Yeah, I agree. Trigger warning. RH alleges in the lawsuit that a bag was placed over her head and she was taken to various locations so Jeffs and other men could sexually assault her beginning at age eight. Mm-hmm. That's why she's initialed. Yeah. She later was forced to watch Jeffs assault other girls. Mm. Wow. Warren Jeffs is one of the individuals listed on the lawsuit, but so are his brothers Lyle and Seth, the latter of whom was the one who was arrested for harboring a fugitive. Yes. His daughter, Rebecca Jeffs, had doubts about the suit because she claimed her dad and uncles weren't living near each other and emphasized that her father kept his sexual abuse a secret and wouldn't have shared that with other men. But it's an interesting hill to die on. Yeah. I'm not convinced because she was taken to various locations that there's no way it couldn't have happened, you know? Right. I think if she was driven around, she could have gone to various men's homes. They could have come to her. This also wouldn't be the first time another sympathizer with their own abuser had made doubts on another person coming forward and sharing their story. That's absolutely true. And I think that's proven even more by the fact that Jeffs has been unable to give a deposition or provide testimony of any kind for this trial after a supposed mental breakdown in the summer of 2019. It's really convenient. There's actually no evidence to support this incompetency, like Mm. doctor's notes. And it's particularly unique because in past depositions, Jeffs has frequently cited the Fifth Amendment under his constitutional rights to not answer questions. So to avoid it entirely, I think, speaks to another level of him not willing to lose credibility with his followers. Mm. I think it speaks almost more, though, that he's got this loyal following base, despite the fact that he's incarcerated because he's a child mm-hmm. abuser. How do you reconcile that at home? You think the prophet of your God chose a child molester to deliver your news? Well, that's actually a thing, though, is because a lot of the followers will point to him and say he's being falsely persecuted. He's being persecuted like Jesus was. This is just more proof that we should be following with the religion because we are the persecuted people. Oh, shit. But that's not what persecution means. Prosecution isn't the same as persecution. I understand that. I know you do. I just wanted to clarify Mm -hmm. that you shouldn't confuse those legal differences, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to religion. Persecution is a holocaust. Right. Your leader being a child molester and brought to accountability for his crimes against minors is an absolute reason to rethink your values. I do think it's interesting that so far in the story, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's only been potential other victims that have defended him, potentially because yeah. of threats of eternal damnation or right. being kicked out or like what sort of collateral is he holding over their heads? Right. And there isn't anyone who hasn't been victimized yeah. that's defended him. And that's kind of a really big reoccurring theme as well, is it's yeah. a lot of people who were excommunicated or yeah. evicted 
before left saying, look, I've been there. Right. We mm-hmm. were all in too deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we believed this religion. We believed mm-hmm. this man. And you couldn't convince me otherwise for a minute. Right. Yeah. I think, too, it's hard to separate their respect and understanding of their religion yeah. from a person that does really horrible things. Yeah. I'm not necessarily defending his followers, but I'm also sure, sure, understanding absolutely. like this is a cult. He engaged in multiple absolutely. brainwashing tactics. Absolutely. He stripped them of their identity. Hey, you know, one of my other favorite things to say is if they believe that it's because he made them. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. I don't think it's an unfounded belief for this right. loyalty isn't there by accident. Mm-hmm. Like It's not their fault, but also... <laughs> But also, we can't exactly excuse blatant, willful ignorance. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. There comes a point where you have to take responsibility for the things that you're supporting, supported, and that you choose to continue to support in spite of plausible evidence, not just like random allegations, right? Because it does take a lot for the government to incarcerate someone that's been a child molester mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to take so much for drug charges but there are things no, that we you're right we tend to make it really hard to incarcerate people for so i think that there's you have to look at it and you have to say okay there's plausible tangible evidence and i'm choosing to hold on to this in spite of all that i know and there does come a point where you have to choose mm-hmm. right and does Honestly, you know, yeah. Warren Jeffs's former sister-in-law has left the church and is currently getting involved in local city council to remove FLDS influence from the government. Nice. At least three survivors of the compound's abuse, including Ruan's former wife, Jeffs's nephew, and Jeffs's daughter, have all published books. Nice. Oh wow. And RH's attorney says quote she's brave enough to come forward and file this lawsuit and we're looking forward to moving forward with her claims and prosecuting her claims good And a lot of people have left the church. Like one of Warren's full sisters left the church. And a lot of people are starting to leave and understand the depth of the abuse they faced. Yeah, right. And try and do good in the community to make it a better place. And and by no means are we on the track to something awesome. There's still a lot of people who believe him, believe in him, and are stuck in this cult mentality. But there are people very close to him and very close to people of power who are breaking off and saying, I'm going to speak out against this and I'm going to do what I can for the community. Right. I don't expect that to be their burden, but I also just have nothing but respect for mm-hmm. people who take it upon themselves to make that how they give back and find healing. Yeah. yeah. Or who find their own lives and right. have babies and, and move on. Baby clothing companies and it's badass. Cool it's amazing. Stuff. Absolutely incredible. But you did amazing. You guys are funny. Thank you. No, I think it's a really important episode because I think religion plays a role. I think, I mean, we were talking about the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a long standing, respected community. Right. And it takes a lot of bravery mm-hmm. for anyone to come forward and challenge and something that works. Yeah. for multiple members of the community to be like, oh, there is something here and to speak out against how mm-hmm. they've been raised in their entire adult lives. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think you've shared a yeah. really important story. I appreciate you suggesting this because <laughs> yeah, I, think so, I think that there's so much misinformation mm-hmm. about the differences mm-hmm. between like a Latter-day Saint right. woman and a fundamentalist Latter-day Saint. Sure, What's the difference between between polygamy that's required by your religion and polyamory. Right. Yeah. Like all consenting adults who are in a happy, loving relationship with mm-hmm. each other versus, right. you know, being forced to take on multiple wives and these wives being shuffled around at the will of a 
fake prophet. Right. I'll yeah. say it. He's a fake prophet. Well, like, he said it too. He is a yeah. funny thing. He's like a, a self-proclaimed false yeah. prophet. I won't renounce many people's religions, but this one I will. And we'll renounce Warren Jeffs. Warren Jeffs. We'll Warren renounce Jeffs. Warren Jeffs. Yeah, I mean, he even went back and forth and his lawyers got involved in it. And yeah. That's well, they pay for that too. You're a prophet or you're not. You're you a prophet get or you're decide. not. Especially when it comes to legal documents, you're either a prophet <laughs> all the way through or you have never heard of a prophet. Like, do not decide halfway through deposition. Regardless, today. <laughs> regardless of if he's a prophet or if he's not a prophet, he is a dirtbag. He's he a is fucking dirtbag. Dirt he's a child molester. He's, he's a, a human, human trafficker. trafficker. Why is that always the trifecta that we end up with? He's a dirtbag, pedophile, trafficker. Boom. Boom. It's a theme, though. This is a human trafficking. Well, yes, but it feels like when we do get the pedophiles, it's like... Well, there's a lot. Yeah. They give a lot of... uh, It's hard to be one without the other. You're right. You're right. It is. There are several that once you're one, you fit a lot. Yeah. Thank you for sharing the victim story. Yes. The story of the religion and the compound Mm -hmm. as a whole and for shedding a light on the way that cult leaders slash prophets slash religion can impact human trafficking. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for suggesting it. I promise that uh, like a fine wine or a stinky cheese, I'll get better with age. That's very promising thanks for that (laughs) i think everyone's gonna feel better now fine wine (laughs) or stinky cheese we have options we like getting better with age too yeah yeah we're growing up that's fine just a rug rat podcast actually what it is (laughs) by the end of it one day we'll be adults one day it's an idea supposedly we're adults now but well thank you for listening do you want to do your little plugs if you have suggestions for future stories, you can email Sadie and I at traffickedinamericapodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Iconic. You can follow us on Instagram at traffickedpodcast or on Twitter at traffickedpod. I'd just like to note that there's a label maker in this household. And I would like my microphone to eventually be labeled as well. It has been on the record. It's been put there. It is on the record. We know this. Well, goodbye, you three. Goodbye.